Sholem Aleichem, welcome to The Schmooze, the Yiddish Book Center's podcast. I'm Lisa Newman, and today I'm visiting with Mikkel Yashinsky. Mikkel was born in Detroit, Michigan, educated at Harvard, and works as an actor, writer, and teacher in Manhattan. He teaches Yiddish at Columbia and is co-author of the Yiddish Book Center's award-winning Yiddish language textbook, In Anum. He has performed at the National Yiddish Theater Folksbean in the Yiddish language Fiddler on the Roof. The Sorceress, in the title role, and Amid Falling Walls. In January, he made his solo singing debut at Carnegie Hall, performing an anthem of the Vilna Partisans and the Holocaust Remembrance Day concert, We Are Here. As a Laba fellow, he is writing a new Yiddish language musical with Mamalagia. I hope I got that pronunciation prior. Correct? <laughs> Feast of the Seven Sinners. His Yiddish language erotic drama, Blessing of the New Moon, premiered at the Lower East Side Play Festival. This December and January, another Yiddish play of his, The Gospel According to Chaim, is being produced by New Yiddish Rep. Welcome. Thank you, Lisa. Great to chat with you. Or I, yeah, I might say welcome back. You're ever so busy that I need to get you on the schmooze all the time for your latest endeavor. Um, so let's hop in on this one because I know I'm catching you between all sorts of projects. Um, let me know the backstory, how you found your way to writing this play and also the story that's central to it. Um, it's described as Michal Yashinsky's new drama, The Gospel According to Chaim, the strange tale of a Jewish writer's quixotic attempt to publish a controversial book. Explain. Yes. So uh, I actually came upon this story while at the Yiddish Book Center. While a fellow there, we were <clears throat> being trained to give tours. And one part of the tour was to lead guests to the center to our Drukerai, our Yiddish print shop, which has had um, old machines that were used to print letterpress machines and pieces of Yiddish type. And we were told, us fellows, that some of this type was actually donated to the center by the widow of this man, Chaim Einspruch, who used the type to print his Yiddish translation of the New Testament. This was a Yiddish-speaking Jew from Eastern Europe who had found Jesus and translated the New Testament into Yiddish. And the story went that no Yiddish printer would help him with this project because it was so controversial that he had to go out and buy his own set of type and typeset and publish the book all by himself, well, together with his wife, Marie. Um, so after his death in the 90s, and I later read in the Pockentrager an article saying this, it was donated to the center. And she donated it, and she said, she was quoted in the Pockentrager at the time saying, nothing would have made my husband, Henry or Chaim, happier and that generations of Jewish children would be coming to the Yiddish Book Center to print their Hebrew names using his set of type. And I just thought, what a sort of delicious set of ironies that this was a, a Jew who seemed very committed to Jewish culture and to Yiddish, that it would make him happy, Jewish children, to print their names using his type, but also very faithful in his Christian belief and... Um, kind of both those identities wrestling within himself at the time and also imagining how it may have played out with other characters at the time, Jewish characters, say Yiddish printers he went to with his book. So I started imagining this drama. I wrote the first scene of it back when I was a fellow at the center. 
say in 2017 and only revisited it more recently. And um, the new Yiddish rep became interested in producing it. Um, safe to say it's got your name written all over it, literally and figuratively. Um, <laughs> that's the backstory. Um, also noted is that you have written what is the first entirely original full-length American Yiddish drama to pre be produced for a general audience in seven decades. Wow. Why yeah. about Yiddish? Yeah. I mean, uh, it doesn't seem to be something many people are doing these days. Uh, and haven't done for a while that is right entirely original <clears throat> Yiddish language plays and uh, get them produced. Uh, there's a there's a vibrant Yiddish theater scene in America, of course, and great companies like the Folksbeat and the Yiddish Rep I'm very honored to work with, but mostly putting on older plays and musicals and uh, patching together old songs and creating new things out of them. But not too often someone writes entirely original that gets produced like this. So I'm Grateful that uh, the New Yiddish Rep has taken a chance on it. Um, well, let's talk a little bit about the New Yiddish Rep, because I think they have a really long storied, wonderful history of producing some, if I may, incredible and kind of surprising and sometimes lesser known works in Yiddish. Um, producing them in Yiddish with supertitles, um, some translated into Yiddish. I know Death of a Salesman, Rhinoceros. Uh, away and sing or um, yeah yeah awake and sing sorry um, and now your play so it's I think it's really great that you're included in that roster and how did it all come about yeah well um, I guess their repertoire has historically been they found some of their greatest successes with these Yiddish translations of well-known American dramas that um, they think, well, they being mostly David Mandelbaum, who's been the uh, founder and artistic director of the New Yiddish Rep, think would be uh, dramatically interesting in Yiddish and that Yiddish would comment on these plays in interesting ways. Um, he's always interested in things that will move forward the art form in different ways or get people to think about Yiddish theater in ways they don't usually. And um, I think this play did that for him. He's, he's very also... In, He's always encouraged young artists and people who um, develop a passion for this art and want to do new and interesting and sort of avant-garde things with it. And um, yeah, I think he was excited by a brand new play um, written in Yiddish. It's, I mean, to me, I, I live in New York because of Yiddish theater. I, there are two really great companies, um, the folks being in the new Yiddish rep, and they each have their own amazing wheelhouses. The folks being as being more typically musical entertainments, but really wonderful, all singing, all dancing entertainments in Yiddish. And um, able being able to work with both is really wonderful. I left the Yiddish Book Center really to go uh, work in Yiddish theater in New York when I was cast in Fiddler. Um, and I was cast in The Sorceress while a fellow at the center and took a few months off to do that. So, um, yeah, to me, uh, Yiddish theater remains, uh, New York remains the capital of Yiddish theater and um, it's a great place to be. It's it's interesting um, that you mentioned those um, two venues. Um, both have great history in Yiddish theater and our new core exhibition, you know, Yiddish uh, Global Culture has a massive section on 
Yiddish theater divided into two, which is one side is literary and one side is musical. And interesting to hear you and be reminded that you bridge both, Michal, um, in your work. Yeah, and interesting also that some of those old wars that took place a hundred years ago about Shund, the more sort of popular form of entertainment, and the Kunsttheater, the serious dramas, that that debate kind of still rages in the small world of Yiddish theater. Um, yeah, uh, these these two companies. I mean, it's no secret that I think they don't get along that well <laughs> and they don't really work together. Um, so for me, it's nice to be a kind of bridge between them. And um, yeah. But they both serve great audiences um, and really introduce us to both sides of Yiddish theater. So we'll be right. fair though. Um, uh, and again, really interesting what I think what New Yiddish Rep has done. I, I unfortunately missed Death of a Salesman, which I heard you know, and, and experience when I saw a rhinoceros, it made so much more sense almost even for me, a non-Yiddish speaker to hear this, these plays in Yiddish because they would have no pun intended played so well to a Yiddish speaking audience. So um, I'm really excited uh, that you're now in that, you know, same group of playwrights, Michal. Um, That's pretty amazing um, bringing this. And that leads me to the question of, what don't you do? Um, but you perform, you translate, you write, you teach. How do these things all tie together for you? Yeah, I, I sometimes I think now about this line in the Barbie movie where Ken says, you know, the popular perception is that my job is lifeguarding, but actually it's not. My whole job is just beach. Um, so I sort of think of me in that way that my whole job is just Yiddish. No, no matter what facet of it it is, whether translating or writing or acting or teaching, um, if it's Yiddish, it's sort of, it's become my vocation. And um, yeah, I, uh, I, I, I didn't set out. I mean, I, I didn't always think it would be that way, but there was a time when I was actually working at the Detroit Opera House, which was my first big job out of college. And I was working there, assistant directing operas and directing children's operas and going around talking about opera. And that's another of my passions. And somehow during that time, maybe it was being near my grandmother who lived in Detroit and being back home and she was a Yiddishist that I thought like, I'd really like to start studying more intensively Yiddish and maybe think about that playing a role in my career. And um, yeah, that's what led me to go apply to learn at the Yiddish Book Center in the Steiner Summer Yiddish Program. And ever since then, it's been a lot, whole lot of Yiddish. And um, yeah, it's something that still fires me and enervates me. It's not something I grow tired of at all. Well, I'm happy you don't. And um, I know I remind you about this all too often, but I do remember when you were at the center as a Steiner and a fellow, and it's probably our first podcast together. And afterwards I asked you, you know, what would you like to go on and do? And you said Yiddish and acting. And I was thinking, good luck. (laughs) (laughs) You've done it. Um, You've done it. You've done it. Um, Tell me what has it been like for you to write it um, and work on the production of it? 
Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I mean, when I was young, I remember reading Oscar Wilde's Salome, his play, and being amazed by its beauty, and then learning that he had actually written it in French originally. And I thought, how fascinating that Oscar Wilde, who you know was a native English speaker, would choose to write a play in French, and how could he possibly write something so elegant and graceful and deep in a language that was not his mother tongue? And I thought, like, that must be impossible. But now I've found myself doing things like that, writing things in a language that's close to me, but it's not the language I grew up speaking every day. Um, and in a way, it's sometimes tricky. Maybe it comes a little more slowly and I have to think about things more. I have to say them to myself more, whether things sound idiomatic. But also, I think because Yiddish itself is so exciting to me, it just, it does kind of, it's not so hard and it kind of comes out of me and it feels natural. And um, I choose to write these plays in Yiddish because the natural idiom of these stories is Yiddish. I mean, I'm, I write, the plays I've written in Yiddish are the stories of Yiddish speaking people. Um, maybe one day I'll write a play in Yiddish that doesn't have anything to do with Yiddish or Jewishness. But so far it's fit because that's the language these stories would have been told in. This is the story of a Yiddish translation of the New Testament. So it's it's felt natural and it's felt good and, and difficult and exciting in nice ways. And um, being in the rehearsal room for it is has been amazing. We have um, a great cast. I'm playing the role of Chaim. I don't include myself and in, we have a great cast, but um, <laughs> but <laughs> three people are really great. We have um, two Hasidic people, two people who grew up Hasidic in two of the roles and another person who is um, a more secular Yiddishist uh, studying at NYU. And they're all just ready to tackle this material and a great director, Dimitri Barcomi, who's studying directing at Columbia and um, is just kind of fascinated by Yiddish theater, although is not a fluent Yiddish speaker. And um, yeah, we're making it happen. Does it evolve in the process? Yeah, it, it, it evolves. And of course the director has certain ideas that are things I hadn't thought of, but I think are wonderful. Like to me, actually it's most exciting when the director presents something that doesn't entirely match something I had in mind because it means they're looking at the text really deeply and coming to their own conclusions about it that are different than mine, which, which is really exciting to me. It's more exciting to me than if they have ideas that are just perfectly in line with my imagined stage directions and everything. Um, so that's been happening. And um, yeah, it's hard to do rewrites when I'm acting in it because I'll hear a thing and maybe want to change it, but then I have to go and rehearse it as it's written and I'm in rehearsal all day and night. So um, that part's been a bit tricky, but I'm, I'm happy with the place we've come to. And um, one thing that has been interesting is just the constant interchange between different people's Yiddishes, really, because two of our cast, as I said, are from a Hasidic background, two from a more secular background. And um, we speak the same language, but sometimes not entirely the same dialect, I suppose. So at different times, we've had um, 
productive conversations around that and trying to figure out, oh, but you don't say this word, but here's what it means. But if you say this, you could say that instead. And there have been those sorts of conversations, which have been interesting. Which leads me to a question I hope it's okay to ask you, but, um, you know, while you were at the center, you wrote several pieces for us for In the Vault, different finds that you had that are on our website. And those are obviously English language pieces. And you write in um, a very fluid and descriptive way. It's it's quite lovely. And I'm wondering what it's like for you to go back and forth because Again, I'm not a Yiddish speaker or reader, but my understanding is that there's a richness to the language and to some of the words that is not easily translated into English. So I wonder if you find your writing easier in one or the other of these languages. Yeah, I think they play on each other in different ways in my writing. Like I was writing the introduction to a translation I recently completed of the memoirs of Esther Rachel Kaminska, the mama of Yiddish theater. And so I was working with her Yiddish for years really and rendering it into English. And then I had to write an introduction to the piece in English. And somehow I found that in writing the introduction, I was inspired by her own Yiddish and by the sort of gestures of the stage pictures she was describing. And I tried to bring some of that vividness and theatricality even into the English academic writing. So yeah, I think it does happen that they kind of comment on each other, on each other and give rise to each other and sort of feed each other. Um, but lately, most of my creative writing is in Yiddish, but um you saying these nice things about my articles maybe inspire me to write more in English. No, keep going. It's it's fine. I just I'm 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 interested in how, yeah, how they kind of are in conversation with one another because it almost felt to me as though Yiddish served your writing in a really interesting way. Um, yeah, and um, you know. I give a lot of uh, credit to the Yiddish Book Center for so many things in my life. Uh, I mean, like being surrounded there by just, by this culture and this literature and by people who are passionate about it. That's really the best thing for um, someone starting out in the Yiddish world. It really gave me what I needed to go out and explore and experiment, Yeah. Well, we um, we reserve bragging rights for all that you've done, um, and also we, you, yeah, your quote sits handsomely at the entrance to our new core exhibition, which is a, a real tribute to um, Yiddish um, and the mother tongue. Which also, I have to say again, you just you're you're here, there, and everywhere. Um, went to a Michael Winograd concert the other night um, at the very small, lovely, fun venue, fabulous concert. And the last piece was um, announced uh, by Michael Winograd and Sasha Loria joined him on stage and they sang your credited to you translation of an ABBA song. And it was both, uh, I mean, it was moving, it was fun, it was just wonderful. And again, what inspires you to do that? It was brilliant. Thank you, thank you. Um, that was really Michael's idea, uh, Michael Winograd, we had met each other at Class Canada and we actually both performed in this concert at Carnegie Hall. 
And he wrote to me one day and knew that I wrote uh, Yiddish translations of English songs. And I've done that for a number of people and asked if I would translate this Abba song he really likes the way old friends do. So I did, and he really liked it. And he said, it's so good, but like the Abba song is just one verse, actually. There's not, there's not a second verse. So would you write a second verse? And I said, sure. And what should I write it about? Because it was, this was going to be entirely original. And he said, well, whatever you want. So I just wrote another verse that kind of expanded the theme of friendship and peace. And um, that became our Yiddish, uh, the way old friends do, Wie bei alte Freund. And um, yeah, I actually got to perform it myself this past summer in Stockholm, uh, where I was invited to speak and perform at a Yiddish conference there. And I thought as part of my performance, I'd give them a bit of hometown pride and perform something of ABBA. So it went over well there, too. <laughs> it's great. So um, before I let you go. For our listeners, um, they can learn more about the play and get tickets, which you better do because it's opening Thursday, December 21st. Mm -hmm. And they can get those tickets at newyiddishrep.org. Um, yeah, it'd be really, really lovely to see them there. And I'll actually be seeing them there because it's a very small, intimate theater. So whoever comes, I'll be uh, in communication with you the whole night. Um, so again, for listeners, it's New Yiddish Rep and it's opening December 21 playing through January 7. That's right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Great. Right. For the new city in the East Village. Fabulous. Um, Michal, as always, um, thanks for finding time. I'm really excited. I nabbed and booked my tickets yesterday. So we'll see you um, for our performance. And thanks again. And we hope to see you soon uh, up here in Amherst. I love that. It's always great to see you, Lisa. Thank you. You have been listening to The Schmooze, a production of the Yiddish Book Center in Amherst, Massachusetts. To learn more about this podcast and to subscribe, visit YiddishBookCenter.org. I'm Elizabeth Carteropoli. Until next time, be well and be healthy.